The Warm-Up with Warlow and Moons for Bet365. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. Chances are you're about to lose. Uh, good morning, everyone. Welcome along to the warm-up for another week. Matt Ward and Cam Mooney with you. It's going to be a bumper weekend of racing. So much sport going on at the moment. We'll get through as much as we can on the over the next hour or so. Moons, welcome to you, mate. Buddy, I'm well, thank you. How are you, buddy? I'm good, I'm good. It's um, it's an interesting time of the year. Uh, a lot of racing, of mm. course, going on at the moment. You're a big racing man? Oh, look, I like having a dabble. I've got... No idea what I'm doing half the time. Although I had a few winners last Saturday, I was pretty happy with. Nice. Um, so yeah, I'm a ten, twenty dollars sort of operator. Mm. I'm certainly not big, big cash. But um, did you get a man? Yourself? Did he send? Did he send you all these little tips? You got one of those guys? Uh, I've got mates who are right into it who yeah. do. Um, but I think they're reluctant to keep seeing them because if they <laughs> lose in the group chat, oh, yeah, then everyone it. comes for them. If they win, um, so I'm catching up with about twenty five mates, twenty mates on. Melbourne Cup Day, we have a thing every year. At, so it's, uh, it's a really house. tough it's one really when good. you've got a really good tip because you either give it to your mates and it loses, you cop it. You don't give it to your mates and you win and you tell them that you're on it, then you cop it for not giving it to them. Well, that's right. You just There's only a small no margin mate. of positivity yeah. in, the, <laughs> in what you do. Uh, I remember going on a Bucks Day a few years ago at down in Tarang, actually, it was Camper Down Cup, but got moved to Tarang. Um, anyway, and... Uh, Someone sent me some tips for the Melbourne races, mm. and I backed the first three or four winners at Melbourne. I didn't tell anyone. A mate was looking over my shoulder, took the same tips. I was in the booking ring, and the boy's like, what's happened? I'm like, well, normally this guy gives me tips, and they're no good. So I was like putting a few dollars, and they were getting up, and once I lost one, I, I walked away. But, yeah, it's never <laughs> – I don't think there's much much a point in people sending out tips because no. it does come back the other way. Hey, we've got plenty coming up. Speaking of racing, Campbell Brown's going to join us. Big Brown dog. On. Loves racing, of course, and he had a bit of a clip – Last week, mm. well, I'll say a clip. He talked himself up in and around the 2008 grand final. Well, it's funny. We've done a couple of sporties together, Brownie, and we. So I tell my side, and he tells his side. Mm. We both get a good bit of a laugh out of his it. His side yeah. was pretty positive <laughs> for himself. Uh, so we'll, we'll catch up with him about that later on. But also some of the stuff that he gets up to uh, around uh, this time of the year. I'm not sure he's allowed it at the Melbourne Cup or in the Birdcage, but we'll chat. We'll to find him that about one out very very soon. But he get through, mate. But um, we caught up. Uh, last week, earlier we this week, we had a client meeting, yes. uh, chatting to a few clients that are coming on board the show or have been on yes. board the show, and uh, which is always nice. And obviously, invite you along, big Cam Mooney, Hello. strutting stuff. What, what did I do? What did I do at this meeting? Well, it's not because two weeks ago I cut up my banana bread, funny. Yeah. So what did I do on this meeting? The guy who was the client <laughs> didn't know who you were. <laughs> <laughs> So you didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> but old mate's like, where are you from, mate? You know, whatever. And someone else was from Wagga and you're from Wagga. And he's like, oh, you're from Wagga and all sorts of stuff. And the other guy sitting there knew who you were. Well, just because he didn't know I was from Wagga didn't mean – didn't know. Didn't no, no, know no, but he was. didn't know that you're an AFL player. He didn't. He didn't. Um, so the whole point of you being there was to smooth over the deal. And, well, um, I got one bloke over the line. No, he definitely did. In the end, all good and it went really well. But I just – funny, he's like sitting there going – this guy doesn't know who he is. He doesn't know who he is. But uh, no, you did a very good job. We, we appreciate that. So uh, just funny. I just thought, good on you, mate. Well done. Yeah, so, thanks for that. Yeah, very good. Plenty of footy news getting around still. Mm. We'll get to some other stuff later. Just quickly, what did you make of the Melbourne interview this week? Uh, not great. I don't no. think I don't think that the whole Melbourne situation from the outside looking in, and you don't know what's going on on the inside, so it's very hard to sit there and... 
and give it a really strong opinion in my belief because yeah. you don't know what's happening or what's been said and what they've organised and what they've done and all of those type of things. But from the outside, it's looked like a bit of a train wreck. Yeah, it was... From, from, from Clayton Oliver to the coach... Joel Smith. Joel Smith to, to that interview. The Brody Grundy stuff. I know it's not really a big deal, yeah. but it all washes through in the it end. It does. It's just, it hasn't been... And, I, and I've said this, and I think a few other people have said and I've, I've said this many, many times. I think this group should have or should walk away with two to, to three premierships mm. because of the list that they have and the demographic and all of those type of things. And their last two years have been extremely poor at the back end of the season Yeah, yep. when you really needed them. Interesting because when I heard the interview was going to be done, it was pre-recorded. It mm-hmm. was played out, I think, Tuesday morning on SEN. Gary Lyon did the interview with Sam Edmund. He was good, um, Gaz, because I thought Gaz well, was going to do a fluff piece. This is exactly. So I didn't listen to it live mm. for that exact point you just made. I thought, I'm not going to listen to Melbourne propaganda that, you know, Gary's saying, oh, you guys are doing a great job, yeah. whatever. But it was interesting because this is just a small, very, very small snippet of what Gary had to say. I'm not buying it. I'm sorry uh, to both of you. That was it. That was the main thing I took. He's just like, I'm not buying it. Like, I'm here representing Melbourne supporters. Mm. I am a Melbourne supporter. And I'm not buying that you think the culture is amazing. And and um, Gary Pert came out and said it's the best culture I've ever been involved in in 40 years. Of yeah, free. look, it's it's you can go too far. That's I think, a re- it's a really hard line to swallow when the things are happening, uh, particularly in the last few months. Yeah, you, know, you can't sit there and say we've got a great culture. Now you might have, um, and I think he did say this though: a couple of bad eggs or a couple of bad things doesn't destroy a great culture, but you also got to pick your words at the right I time. I think so. And I agree with some of that, that it doesn't yeah. necessarily destroy it. But at the same time, I think you've just got to sort of tone it down just a little bit. Hey, quick one. Danny Ladley. Yeah. Um, coaching. Coaching. Love it. So we, I think we spoke about um, the Michael Pryor, who was coaching West Coast a few weeks ago. Yeah. He came out and was upset that West Coast had to play Melbourne, which... Which was fair. <laughs> just it, mate, yeah. But it was fair enough. I, I mean, mean I, they were the worst team in the competition and they were playing... Obviously, they don't play each each team once. So course, why why yeah. are they playing the reigning premiers? Yeah. I, I, it, it was I, a fair point. I just don't think he needed to make it. Like, <laughs> I understand that he was disappointed they had to take on that team and they're probably not ready for them. Mm. But, like, let, it's professional competition. Let's, let's get serious for a moment. That's the fixture. Anyway, he's walked away or been given the lemonade and sauce. I'm mm. not sure what happened there. So Danny Ladley, interested in coaching. Now, there's a connection with West Coast. Well, he's an ex- she was a West Coast player. Player, yeah. then came to North Melbourne. So my understanding is she wants to coach either North Melbourne or West mm-hmm. Coast. Now, I'm not, I've got no idea where the North Melbourne situation sits. I, well, I think Darren Crocker's coached there and okay. going pretty well, so I don't think it'll be yeah. that one. So I think it was more so, look, happy to live mm. in whatever. So that's all good, great, whatever. Obviously, coached North Melbourne men's senior team some time ago. Yes. Um, my question about this is not it, – it'll create a lot of noise, and it already has, right? Yes. So take that aside. Just have a look at your critical – put your critical hat on for a moment. Has she, Danny Ladley, been out of the game for quite some time and probably needs to step into a smaller role first? I know it's AFLW, but it's still in charge well, of a I team. I would say from what I know and what I've heard – she has a great tactical brain. Okay. Like one of the best brains, football brains going around the business. She did uh, Triple M not too long ago yep. and nailed it. Just bang, bang, bang. Just saw everything unfolding yep. before okay. her. 
And so I have zero problem okay, cool. or zero question yeah. on her going in and being a coach. That will in. be interesting. Yeah. It will, um, and good luck. I look, I hope it happens because I think it's a great story if it does. Um, again, no idea. Haven't got a read on. I no. know Don Pike has gone in as a new CEO yes. as West Coast. Um, so look, who knows what decisions will be made there? But it, it, it's an interesting one. It'll um, it'll be massive for the league. Oh, it'll be huge. In fact, it'll be massive for world sport. Yes, I really do believe that. Yes, I think correct. Um, it'll it'll make headlines. Uh, all around the world. Hey, you've been following the NBA, mate. How you've been? I'd, I'd love the NBA. It's good, isn't it? I love it. <laughs> I was sitting there watching, watching actually Clippers Lakers the other day. Just unbelievable. I saw the end of the uh, was it Spurs and Suns game. Suns, um, big Victor. Now, yeah, Victor did a good job, and look, they stole the ball off Kevin Durant in the last moments. When I saw it, I thought, oh, look, that's just a great play. They stole it. I mean, they nearly mm. clawed his face. They off. virtually. Beat him up to get the ball, yeah. which I couldn't believe there was no foul call, but anyway. So, um, but it was good to see, good finish, and it's been really enjoyable games mm-hmm. to start the season. So, looking forward to seeing how it all sort of comes together. But I can't. What have you got for me? Well, I came across this has been touted for for a while now, but the NBA have come out with this virtual reality situation. So, we might even get this up on our socials yes. or on our TikTok. Is that you can now tune in watching the game uh, in virtual reality and be sitting. Court side. So I showed you some vision earlier of it what that sort of looks like. incredible. Amazing. So it really looks like you're just sitting in where JC mm. would sit uh, in Brooklyn where, um, I don't know. So uh, has this gone public? Stars. So it's public in terms of people know about it, but I don't know Can in terms you buy of when you're doing it. So this I will, I'll guarantee you this will money. go through the roof because the vision is virtually you are sitting courtside and you're sitting in your lounge room. With a pair of goggles on. Yeah. It's and yet, incredible. And at the level and the clarity of the passing yeah. and the movement, it is actually awesome. So I think that would be a really cool thing. No idea what price point it will be. I'm sure you'd have to buy the goggles or something mm. from Apple or Sunbot from Google or something. But if you haven't seen it, check it out. Cause check it, it out. It's unbelievable. Amazing. Hey, did you end up watching the Tyson Fury fight? I did. Did, did you, you buy it? it? I, bought, I bought it. That's the first time I reckon. It was a bit Apple- of a sham. Yeah, the first time I reckon I've ever bought a main event just at home. Like, I got up Sunday morning, I'm like, you know what? What'd it cost you? 40 bucks. 40 bucks. So, and I had no idea really going in. Mm-hmm. Um, the fight was interesting. I'll get to that in a second. There was a lot of fluff. They had lot an of hour fluff. of rapping and bits and pieces, and they had. The carry on, on coming in is just. That, that Tyson's taken it to a complete new level. Yeah. Like, he really has. But Francis Ngano was amazing. He would just... Uh, I'll say, he beat the shit out of him. Yeah, well, this is the thing. So here's some quick some audio from uh, Tyson Fury after the fight. Okay. It wasn't uh, the best performance, but I'm not going to make any excuses. I had a good camp. Um, there was no one to blame or no one to do anything. It was a tough fight. I had to get off the floor to win. And, um, yeah, no excuses. He did have to get off the floor to win. Well, France is obviously an MMA fighter. When he hit the floor, the fight was over. Yep. he would have jumped on him then and just cleaned him up. Yeah, absolutely. So he's just, he's just lucky it was a boxing match. I don't know enough about boxing to understand the point system. Obviously, it was a split decision at the end. I know um, a huge boxing fan, uh, LeBron, wasn't happy. <laughs> <laughs> he thought he was robbed. But what did you, what did you think? Uh, look, I thought Francis... It was a pretty nothing fight. Yeah, look, it was a nothing fight. It was just a bit of a money grab for both of them, really. Um, but, yeah, I, I would have given it to Francis from what I watched. Yep. Yeah. It's. Um, I don't think they could. Like I know it sounds no. silly, but I don't think that you box, can't take. You I don't can't think the take it. Purists yeah, were exactly. going to be sort of going down that line. Although someone did, uh, one of the judges did give uh, Nagano the, the point, mm. so it's interesting. Um, 
Mate, we've got heaps coming up on the show. We're going to chat to Campbell Brown about some racing uh, very soon. We've also got your six-pack coming up. Been a big debate this week. It's a and big we'll, six-pack too. Yeah, it is a big six-pack. Matildas v Taylor Swift. Now, they've had nearly 100,000 over three games, the Matildas in Perth, earlier this week. So what's the story here? So Matildas want to play at the MCG. They want to play and break the world record in terms of winning. So is this for the final um, qualifying game, game, qualifying game to get into the, the Olympics? the Paris Olympics yes. next year. So they want to get you know uppods of 9,500,000. They want to break the world record for how many spectators a women's football And game. they'd get it. I reckon they probably would. I think they will game. get it. Taylor Swift is holding it up because it's around the same time. Oh, Tay Now, I'm going to put you on the spot here. MCG, Friday night, couple of beverages in the afternoon. You're feeling good about yourself. You're heading to the ground. Mm-hmm. You go through the gate. You get your seat and you hope to see. I'm watching the Matildas. Duh. I think I'm watching the girls. I'm Taylor Swift. See if I had if I had four or five tickets, I'd go to Swift because I'd take my because I'd take my daughters because yeah. they would be extremely happy. They were extremely upset oh, that they fair. didn't get yeah. to go and see. But if I'm going there just for for my entertainment, I'm I'm going there to watch the watch the Matildas. Yeah, because I've actually watched a little bit of the stuff over in Perth, and the games were outstanding. I mean, they were playing you know not great countries, but that's that was perfect for us. Yeah. Yeah, that's what got they Got some needed. great results. Got some big goals. I'm we saw some real talent. No, I think uh, if the Matildas get it at the MCG, they will at least get 90,000. I reckon least. they can make it work. Hopefully they can fit it in the in the calendar there somewhere because it would be So when, when's Taylor playing? Is she Friday night or is she the Saturday night? She's got a few shows. Uh, might be three or four shows or something like that. So there's a bit – and obviously it's not like set up on the day. It's yes. not a it's not a country fate. <laughs> it's um, there's a fair bit that Don't goes bring some in. hay bales in. And just sit there's it down. a fair bit that goes into the Taylor Swift concert. So look, they might need a week out. I, I've, I've I wouldn't have a clue, but um, yeah, I'm I'm I love. So the is the Matildas, Matildas game Taylor. set in stone for that weekend, or can that be moved? I think it needs to fall into an international break. Okay, so yeah, of course it would. Yeah, so there's probably not a great deal of uh, wiggle room <laughs> in that one. Hey, stay with us. As I said, Campbell Brown going to join us, and Glenn Maxwell, who Moon's bought last week on the show. Well, he had a bit of a stack in the week and won't be available for today's game against England. We've we'll all done to, that on the uh, golf course, Glenny Boy. of some ridiculous injuries. All thanks to uh, Bet365. We welcome them aboard. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. Chances are you're about to lose. Stay with us on the warm-up. You're listening to the warm-up with Warlow and Moons for Bet365. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. Chances are you're about to lose. The warm-up with Warlow and Moons for Bet365. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. Chances are you're about to lose. Campbell Brown still to come this morning. Looking forward to chatting to him about some racing this afternoon. In fact, the Melbourne Cup Carnival begins today. So uh, plenty of chances to bet responsibly and get a winner or two. Hopefully he'll have a tip for us as well. Looking forward to that. And our marketplace not too far away. Hey, Moons, this week... Um, Glenn Maxwell, sad story. Um, in fact, last week sad you had well, you know. Well, I thought it was stupid. pretty sad story, wasn't it, or not? Well, we've all we've all been in a golfing car accident, haven't we? We well, usually, usually because we're trying to 
do big skids at the end of the green? We're, or? we're trying to stuff around. I've, I've been in a couple, um, all by accident, of course. I've flipped, and, I've flipped and a couple in my also, time. Also, um, double zero at the same time. <laughs> but if you haven't caught up with the news, Glenn Maxwell, in fact, is out for today's game. Yes. I'm not sure the extent of the injury and how long it's going to keep him Slight out Slight concussion, just for the one match, they believe. Okay, so he was playing 36 holes of golf during yes. the week. He stacked or fell over or tripped well, over apparently or ran he into was, a He golf jumped cart. on the back of the cart on yes. the way back in, which is about 300 metres back to the clubhouse. It was darkish. It was darkish. There was a f- there was too many, so he had to jump on the back and slipped and fell, hit his head, something or other. And you bought just, him last week saying he's going to be back of, in, he's going to be away. It just reeks of him and Stoinis doing burnouts down Yeah, I've got no somewhere. doubt there was a stuff around. <laughs> so this week on the six-pack, we thought sports stars have had strange injuries outside of the game. Outside of the game. Let's have a go here. Loser's six-pack. Yeah, so not injuries that they've got mm. in training or injuries that they've got necessarily in a game, but we want to hear of some of the stories that players have had uh, and couldn't be able to play Quite for funny different reasons. So here we so. go. Six of them. Let's go through. What are we starting well, with? We're starting at number six with Rob Harvey. Now, this is legendary. So he had uh, plantar fasciate yep. in his foot, and the only way to really get rid of it was to snap it. Well, I just went home after training on Monday night. Um, I sort of got on the table about this high um, out the backyard. And, and just jumped off the table and, and landed on the on the foot and let it snap. Incredible. I just remember that story thinking... Apparently it's incredibly painful. A bit like, incredibly painful. So a West Coast player apparently went through the same thing, unknown. Well, rang him up and said, yeah, does this work? He says, yeah, absolutely do it. He jumped off a fence. Yep, a bit higher. <laughs> he did, he did, he did... <laughs> He did the plenty of fashion. That, that Perfect. Broke, well done. But he also snapped his ankle. Yeah, so that, that, so that can happen as, as well. So didn't quite um, go to plan. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a good idea by Robert Harvey, but uh, yeah. Uh, we're going to go up north, uh, up to New South Wales, and a guy that I love watching plays a manly fullback, Tom Trebojevic. Yep, big turbo. Yeah, big turbo. Now, he did his hamstring accidentally. Yeah, so it was. this is the reason, actually. Yep, just... Waking up yesterday morning, I've slipped over in the bathroom. No, that's fair enough. Well, no, that's fair. Like, that can happen. So you're telling me that's not Tom, what happened. So Tommy basically told the club, yes, I've slipped over in the bathroom. I've, I've hurt my hamstring. Unfortunately, right. a couple of days later, there was vision of Turbo. Oh, no. Racing a punter at 3 o'clock in the morning down the Manly, is it Corso? Like a mall. Down the mall. There was vision of him on the phone racing. This is back in 2021. And it's fair to say that's probably where he did his hamstring. We might see if we can grab that vision. <laughs> Unbelievable. So, great work, Tommy. You nearly got away. It reminded me of Darren Milburn who rolled his ankle uh, stepping on his kid's toy. Yes. But we all knew that he did it playing basketball. Right, yeah. So, so that's uh, right. Number four, what do we got? Number four, Jeremy Howe. Now, this is one of my all-time favourites. So, Jeremy Howe broke his finger when he just moved over to Collingwood uh, playing frisbee with his dog. Now, apparently... That was, you know, fair enough. Yeah, that's yeah, fair. That, 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 that could can, happen. That can that can happen. happen. The dog goes to catch a frisbee. You go to catch it, you bite your finger, he breaks it. Yep. Unfortunately, he was caught playing T20 cricket a couple of days before. T20. But, of course, <laughs> the club was very, no, we back him in that the dog bit the finger. Right. I'm not sure about that one. Anyway, well done, Jez. You got away with it. It only cost you a couple of games. I'm not buying it. <laughs> At number three. My old mate, and I love this man to death, Steve Johnson. Yes. Now, this is one of the all-time famous one. classics. 2003, down at the Torquay pub, he's got thrown out because, you know, as Stevie does, he, he gets a little bit messy when he gets has a few too yeah, many. a couple. So he thought to himself, no, 
I'm not ready to go home, Warlow. Sometimes you're not. I can get back in. So if you don't know the Torquay Hotel, next door is the Bottolo. And so he's decided he'd climb up onto the Bottolo roof and just jump in to the back of the the hotel, back of the the Torquay Hotel. And as he's fallen, he's realised on the way down, he goes, oh, this is a little bit further than I thought. Hit the ground, bang. He knew straight away he'd snapped both his ankles. Oh. And then the embarrassment of getting help. Almost cost him his career. He actually went to Collingwood. 2005, I think it was. This is his This is his childhood club. He loved yep. Collingwood. Went there, had a medical because he was going to get uh, traded and the Collingwood doctor said, no, nah, your ankles are no good. Yeah. And then become a superstar. That was, that, that was a bad that. call by them. Uh, number two, the great man, Brad Ottens. I love this man. Now, this is one of the great stories. Fell off a ladder in his backyard, fell onto a stake, <laughs> onto like a... a a, Which broom, a broomstick steak kind of thing that went through his, it says... Oh, like the tomato plant sort yeah, of one, hold up trees. Yeah, a bit like that, yes. Yeah, like a, yeah, went a through steak. a little bit of his thigh, but may have scraped his scrotum oh. as well on the way through. Ooh. That was one of the great ones. Nick, the sack. Sack if, if anyone could do an injury, it was Otto. At number one, this is the all-time bonehead thing that I've ever seen, the stupidest thing that I've ever seen in my life and heard about. Nigel Smart walking on Coles back in 1992. It was crazy. They had a motivational speaker and he was so pumped after listening to the speaker, he said, you know what? I can walk on fire. Well, the whole club was going to walk on fire. (laughs) Nigel Smart went first, burnt his legs off and everyone else said, said, "Uh, no more. No, no no more. (laughs) Stupidest thing I've ever seen or heard. There you go. That is Moons' six pack this week. Incredible stuff. I'm not buying it. So if you think that's good, uh, great effort there by Nigel Smart. It's an absolute classic. Stay with us. Campbell Brown, speaking of classics, he's going to talk through some of his stories from Melbourne Cup days in the birdcage plus our marketplace not too far away. You're listening to The Warm-Up with Warlow and Moons for Bet365. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. Chances are you're about to lose. The Warm-Up with Warlow and Moons for Bet365. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. Chances are you're about to lose. Yeah, it's Derby Day and also the Golden Eagle on in Sydney this afternoon as well. So looking forward to plenty of racing and, of course, the Melbourne Cup Carnival. Tuesday's the big one. Looking forward to that one. Joining us on the line, a man who's right across it Mm. in the good books and bad books this time of year. (laughs) Who knows? It's a flip of the coin. Campbell Brown joins us on the line. Brownie, welcome, mate. How are you? Yeah, g'day, lads. Uh, No better time of the year. Massive uh, four-day Flemish Carnival coming up. I'm just putting the suit on, getting ready to head into the track and... um, well, I'm probably in the bad books at home. Uh, that's going to be a consistent thing. Well, are you ever day. home, Brownie? Seriously. <laughs> I, I am Monday to Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> hey, just quickly, Derby or Cup Day, what's your favourite? Oh, I, I prefer Derby Day. Um, you've got three you know, outstanding Group 1s. Mm. There's group racing right across the course of the day. Cup Day is great because obviously the biggest race on the Australian calendar is the Melbourne Cup, but Sprinkled around that are average races. So if you want quality horse racing, um, Derby Day for me. So how do you approach Derby Day, mate? I was going to actually ask you about Melbourne Cup, your preparation, but what's you know what's a day in the life of, what's the POV of Camel Brown leading into Derby Day? Where do you go? Where do we see you? What's, what's the approach? Well, tradition always is black and white uh, is the theme. So I um, I don't wear that. I wear whatever <laughs> colours I, I want to wear on the day. You can, you can stick your, uh, your, your your tradition and colours, you know. Um, 
that's how we roll, Moons. You know what I mean? We yep. just do what we want. Um, I sometimes make my way through to the bird cage um, if I get a get an invite, um, which is year on year off sort of set up. I, I found I got suspended for two years from the Mont Marquis a few years back when my mate decided to jump in the swimming pool. Um, they tried for ten years to get a swimming pool in the bird cage and occupational health and safety knocked them back in the VRC, and eventually they got it, and they had some water aerobics. Um, dancers in there and and he was just opportunistic he just took his jacket <laughs> off and went for a swim i got lumped in with that because you know he, he was he was like uh i was an assistant of his you know an accessory to, to the swimmer <laughs> um so this year i'm uh, i'm going to be hosting uh philip morris marquee in there so i'm i'm going to be giving him some tips and hopefully the tips can turn the uh the, the punters into a little bit of money and we can have a good day are you a when you Go for your tips, mate. Are you, you're like as Wallo said. Do you sit down and go through the form, or are you just basically no? I, I know the horses from back to front. I know which ones are which. Well, this time of year, you do know most mm. of the horses, but form's just imperative because um, sometimes you might you might look at a horse's last two or three races, and then it's last seventh, fifth, you know, and, and you go, oh, it's, it's not in form. But when you actually sit down and watch the replays and, and go through the sectionals and things like that, which is tedious work. Mm. Like, it's not it's not enjoyable, but it might, the horse might have been held up. It might have missed the start. It might have drawn, you know, a bad barrier in a slowly run race and, and find excuses for why it might have run like that. And then you, you look at this particular race coming up and, okay, it's now it's drawn well. Senior jockey's jumped on. It's stepped up in trip to the mile, which is a good, you know, good distance for it. It's, it races well at Flemington. There's all these little anomalies and little things that that come into horse racing, weights and and um, you know conditions. So that's why it's so bloody hard to mm. find winners because um, horses, jockeys, barriers, you know. But um, I, I, I tend to. It's a bit like anything in life. The, the more time and effort and preparation you put into it, the more chance of finding you know a couple of winners that uh, that you get. And if you want to just go there and pick a number and pick a jockey or whatever it is, you. You, you might, you know, you might have just as much luck. Yeah, it does work out like that sometimes. We spoke in uh, in the at the start of the show about you know people sending through tips. Um, I'm assuming you're on both ends. You're getting some tips. You're sending out some tips, but there's not much love in sending out tips. <laughs> there's absolutely none. It's the most thankless task of all time. And I've been I've been brave enough the last few weeks to put them up on Instagram just I've to save that, me having to yeah. reply back to everyone. And um, Caulfield Guinea. You know, I got I got all the, the, the DMs and the, the pats on the back because they had a few winners and everyone made some money and you're a legend. And then Darby, uh, Cox Plate Day last week. Copped it. Went zero from six or whatever it was. And, um, <laughs> and then they still slide into your DMs and give you feedback, but it's not very popular. Um, you know, well, it's don't fair. post your tips this weekend. Your mug, you've cost me a fortune. So yeah, it's a thankless task. Now, I used to get some tips um, off Dr. Turf back in the day. I know Hutchie and Pickers used to give him a bit of a hard time off the bench because he'd send through his tips and have about five or six runners in each leg, um, trying to give himself a bit of an out, or he, he did the form that hard that he couldn't split them. So it can be a bit of a thank, thankless task, that is for sure. How are you travelling so far, mate, uh, over the spring in terms of back yeah, had, a, had a reasonably good had a, had a reasonably good spring. Um, all you need is, is to, to hit one or two at, at decent prices and, I just jagged. Um, attrition was a horse um, that, that I really liked. It was the last race of the day, of course, Guinness Day. And um, I backed it a few times leading up to it. And it had run well, but it hadn't quite won. And big group one company, the 
Mick Friedman, um, Bo Mertens, neither of them uh, had won a Group 1 before as trainer or jockey. And, and I tipped it on um, on SEN, drifted out to $38 and won in a photo finish. Wow. So, um, you know, just all you need is one of those. And, and as I mentioned, a pretty lean last couple of weeks, Caulfield <laughs> Cup day. I've been on West Wind Blows for five weeks. And it, when it hit the front of the 200, I thought it was absolutely home only to get collared on the line but without a fight. So... There's a few hard luck stories there, but um, yeah, I, I certainly um, I, I didn't get near it uh, last week. Hey, Brownie, you, you mentioned before you've been suspended from the birdcage, but tell us the uh, the Usain Bolt story, please, because I have heard <laughs> I have heard snippets of it, and it's quite funny. Yeah, so um, the, the year before, the two years before that was when um, when my mate jumped in the pool, and so I, the, the more marquee, they, they got together and they said, "Look, you're not welcome in here for two years." <laughs> And so I sat the first year out. And then the second year, I knew that I couldn't attend uh, the birdcage uh, more area. So I'd organised lunch up at the chairman's club with some friends. And I had that. And the day was going great. And Johnny Stephenson, who's a great mate of mine, yeah. he, he rang me. He, said, um, he calls me the wildcat. He goes, Cat, where are you? I said, I'm oh, at the chairman's club. He said, come to the birdcage for a drink. So I said, righto. I made my way to the birdcage. I mean, there's 50 marquees. So I'll ring him. I say, mate, where are you? Which marquee are you in? And he said, I'm in the mum. I said, oh, mate, of all the marquees <laughs> you could have been in, I'm not allowed in there. He goes, what do you mean you're not allowed? You're with me. I said, yeah, but that's, I've got one more year to run on my suspension. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, what? Like, who gets suspended from the birdcage? Like, what is this? And they said, leave it with me. So... I walk up to the door and it's the same guy there that had been there the previous two years with his clipboard and everything. And he looks up from the clipboard and he said, Kip Brownie, mate, you, you know you can't come in here. You've got one year left. Come around. on, Brownie. Come on. I said, yeah, but I'm here seeing a friend. He goes, mate, I don't care who your friend is. You, you can't come in. And I said, well, my friend's this bloke. And he turns his head. He sees Usain Bolt running over. Hey, Wildcat, come in. Wildcat, come in. <laughs> so... So he concedes and he lets me in, and I must admit it was—I walked past him with a real smirk uh, and a real sense of entitlement. <laughs> real big head wobble <laughs> walking through. Yeah, oh yeah, massive. <laughs> now you probably walked a bit taller, as you mentioned, and I—we actually heard, and one of the reasons why I wanted to chat to you because we heard about you talking about how how big you became in that 2008 <laughs> grand final. You've probably told the story a few times at Sportsman's Night, but I want to replay the audio on a podcast he did. With Toby Sheridan uh, last week, I think it was. Have a listen to this first and we'll get your reaction and Moon's reaction as well. But I don't reckon many people would have been capable of doing this. But in that, in that grand final against the Cats, <laughs> I, I started forward, right? But then halfway through the second quarter when Trent Crow broke his foot, I went from forward pocket to full back and played on Cam Mooney, who'd been tearing the game to shreds. Gave up six inches, you know what I mean? Tell me how many <laughs> blokes could do that. Kept him goalless in the second half, we're going to win the flag. That is. Um, that's that is pretty handy. Because <laughs> <laughs> I hate hearing that audio. My, <laughs> that um, is fantastic goal. I don't know where to start with pulling that apart, but um, you played tall. You smashed Moons, who couldn't kick a goal to save himself in that grand final. But uh, well done. That's I didn't really want to get a reaction. I just wanted to say just congratulations to on the audio. To be fair, <laughs> no, no, but what you did cut out of of that. Clip was I'd, I'd never, I'd never been so so nervous or scared in my whole life, and I wasn't one that over, that got overly nervous before or during a game. But walking um, from the huddle at half time down towards the city end, 
um, towards Moons, and, and as soon as you saw me coming, you sort of said to Stevie J and Stokes, and if I'm like, clear out the Ford 50, I was absolutely terrified. But, <laughs> and and know, I took a mark in 30 holding. seconds, had a shot, and missed. Yeah. I thought, oh, there's my Correct. day gone. Yeah. That wasn't the snap, was it? Was on, that the, the snap? on the mark, Moon. No. No. Oh, no. mate, I remember. So that was one I missed just before halftime, Warlow. So oh. I was, at halftime, I was a, a shell of a human. Yep. I was like, what the hell have I just done? Couldn't believe it. So I've taken this market after half time. I thought, right, redeem myself here. And I've hit the post and I thought, right, that's my day done. Day gone. I should have just packed up and gone home, Brownie. <laughs> and then I started chirping. Yeah, then I? you chirped on me on another missed shot. I went, right, I'm going home. You're going to have to pass <laughs> it off, I think. Uh, very good. Well, mate, uh, enjoy enjoy today. It's going to be an absolute ripper. The uh, Golden Eagle on as well. So hopefully you get a winner in uh, both Melbourne and Sydney. Melbourne Cup, mate, behave yourself or just be yourself. Whatever you're feeling on the day will be amazing. And uh, best of luck with, uh, with getting a few winners. Yeah, I think I think Hawaii Five O uh, wins the the Eagle up in Sydney. Um, I'm with Riff Rocket, the favourite in the Derby. The Waller runner should bounce back. Um, our Rose Courts is a, is a pretty good bet earlier in the day. Race three for the Graham Begg runner and um, Kings Gambit in the Coolmore as well. If you want to have a a little play on it at about nine bucks. That's going to be my bet uh, today and uh, over the course of the next uh, twenty four hours. Beautiful, Thank you, mate. Brownie. Enjoy, mate. Enjoy Enjoyed yourself. Mate. I'm sure you will. Thanks for joining us. Have a great weekend. Campbell Brown joining us today, of course, having a bit of a punt to gamble responsibly and uh, hopefully you get a winner of uh, all two. Coming up, we've got our marketplace. Um, I'm actually selling some memorabilia. I'll get to that in just a second. This is the warm-up, all thanks to Bet365. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. Chances are you're about to lose. Stay with us on the warm-up. The warm-up with Warlow and Moons for Bet365. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. Chances are you're about to lose. Yeah, good luck if you're having a punt this afternoon. Derby day, of course. The uh, Golden Eagle on as well. Brownie giving us a couple of tips uh, a little bit earlier so you can listen back to the podcast or... Find us on the social media clips as well, TikTok, Reels, whatever you want to do. Check them out. All bet thanks to Bet365. It's never ordinary Bet365. Chances are you're about to lose. Um, all right, let's get into our favourite segment of the week, the Marketplace. The Marketplace for Bet365. It's never ordinary at Bet365. Chances are you're about to lose. It is our favourite part of the week. It moves. We're buying and selling something in the world of sports. What are you going to buy, my friend? I am going to buy Noel Gallagher. Now, it's a bit of a strange one, of course. Oasis fan, Manchester City fan, one-eyed Manchester hates United. Yes. We are Liverpool. We also dislike Manchester United. And they have copped it for a long, long time, City. Uh, yes. Like, they did cop it for a long, long time, I should yep. say. Their last... Yep. Probably what ten years now. They're probably amazing. Better. Yeah, yes. they've they've been down. But there was a 30, 40 up. year period there where they got belted pillar to post by United. Of course, and we love seeing Manchester United. Yes, they we failed do. during the week, knocked out of the Carabao Fantastic. Cup three 0 against Newcastle at home. They were poor on the weekend as well uh, against Manchester City. And I, f- I wanted to buy Noel Gallagher as a football pundit because I thought what he brought up was quite <laughs> good, but also strange coming from. Um, a, Gallagher, a Gallagher who have had some uh, interesting things to say and, and done in the past. You know, and then you get Anthony coming on yesterday and behaving like an absolute moron. Your captain, Bruno, just 
how he's not getting booked every game for dissent by the referees is beyond me because he's forever in the referees. He's, he challenges every single decision. It's so annoying. Um, and he's not even that good. <laughs> I wouldn't say they're at rock bottom because they're still, you know, way high at the table, but they're approaching a mid-table team. And long may it continue. Long may, may it continue. continue. <laughs> Absolutely. Long may it continue for Manchester United fans who we love know. to see struggling each week. What are you buying, mate? Uh, i tell you who I'm buying is Mary Fowler. Now, I'm going to say, and you can take this to the bank, my friend. Right. She will be the best player in the world in two years. Two years. In right, two man. years. Yeah, She'll be the number one player in the world. She is a genuine star. I know we, we're always talking about Sam Kerr, and we should, because she yep. is a genuine star. But this girl is unbelievable. She what, also stepped up when Kerr didn't yes, play those first few games. Those, I mean, I know, but 20 years of age. Her World Cup was unbelievable. The last couple of games over in Perth were fantastic. She just looks like she's about to take the game by the scruff of the neck. And... She's dating my boy. Nathan Cleary. Cleary. So they're becoming power they couple. Be the sporting power couple. I mean, I know you Can were you huge on David Warner and Candice Well, I was Warner, big, yes. They were the big couple. Over to Can Mary you give him a name? What, what kind of name? Can um, we give them? Fleary. 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 Yeah. We're going with Fleary. Fleary. Looking forward to Where Mary Fowler and Nathan Cleary. <laughs> he had his shirt off in Perth during the week. He's, yeah, why uh, wouldn't he? He's, uh, he's doing he's a good on job. Top, he's on top of his game at the minute. <laughs> he certainly is. Hey, mate. Um... I'm selling this week yes. um, a footy card of yours I found on You're Facebook. selling it? Yes, because Big bucks. I reckon old mate who I've hit up on Facebook gave me a good price. Now, this is off the back of Simon Goodwin this week talking about selling his premiership jumper. You know, I said, what do they normally go for? He said, oh, anywhere between five and ten grand. I said, mate, if you can get 20, go harder. If not, mate, I'll keep it. <laughs> so this guy was selling four cards on Facebook. So, uh, so I, I signed it? So I don't think you had signed it. Now, the cards were of, these are the four players. So it was a package of, for 500 oh. bucks, right? It was 600 down to five, no nibbles. Ooh, right? So it's got Shane Crawford, Acker at the Bulldogs, yourself, and Lloydie, obviously at, uh, at Essendon. So I hit him up yes. on Messenger just to get a bit of a price <laughs> to see if he would split them up. So I obviously didn't want to get all four, but yeah. I thought, I wonder where he rates Mooney yes. in the scheme of things. So I said, hey, mate, um, Sorry, I said, uh, what would you take for just the Cameron Mooney card? He said, hey, mate, wasn't wanting to split them at this stage, but it might be the thing to do because I haven't had much luck with them. Not sure on comps, like the price for yeah. Cam Mooney. Can I check and come back to you? No worries. I replied straight away, thanks. He's obviously a superstar of the game. <laughs> Let me know if you if you land on evaluation. It's probably priceless, is what I wrote back to him. <laughs> he come back, including postage, 160 Whoa! Thought not too bad if you think I'd about splitting that. it up. Out I'm of the happy four. with that. Yeah, so I might buy it, get you to sign it, then put it back on. I've virtually I've seen stuff for mine being sold for like less than five dollars. <laughs> yeah, so there you go, one sixty. But so um, I'm pretty happy with one sixty. Yeah, so that's what I'm I'm selling hey, this week. Buy it. Well, I'll sign it. All we'll right. put it back on for two fifty. Right, we'll see, see if we can make we a quick profit. All right, what are you? Hey, selling this I'm going to sell uh, Michael Clark who. Who's promoting his Australian bitters, so lemon, lime, and bitters. Yep. He went on a current affair and thought to himself, I'm not going to get asked any other questions other than the lemon, lime, and bitters. And then this came. Talk to me about Noosa. Regrets from Noosa? <laughs> no, nah, listen, I'm here to talk about lemon, lime, and bitters. <laughs> it's Mate. clear he's still bitter over Noosa and the coverage he copped. You're on a current affair, Michael. What do you think? What do you happen? think's going to happen? Do they care about Australian bitters? And who actually promotes anything on ACA? 
Who actually it's promotes? He's still bitter over Noosa and the coverage he caught. <laughs> what Carlos, was he thinking? Carlos! Has somebody set him up on this or has his promotion people just lost the plot? Well, I feel that he has put the media release out and Channel 9 have got interested done the interview and then decided to run on a current affair. I don't know. I don't think I, I yeah, can't fathom that he's just signed up to a current, current affair. affair. He signed up to channel nine and they've done him over. And the great thing is a current affair ran with it. And there was, was not one bit of story about lemon, lime and bitters. <laughs> I can tell you right now. <laughs> well, I don't know what's going well, on. Like, like he, he, he didn't look too upset cause his face didn't move, but um, <laughs> he's doing a, doing a fair bit of stuff at the moment. Uh, that is our marketplace. All thanks to bet 365. Never ordinary at bet 365. Chances are you're about to lose. Um, you're going to have a punt this afternoon, mate. What's, what are you up to? No, I'm not a big horse punter. No, okay. I like, uh, I like my other sports if I'm going to do it. All I've right. got a little bit of a multi running at the moment, so I'm just waiting to see right, that. We might we start a bit of a group multi from next week. Nice. This is the warm-up. Hope you enjoyed the show this morning. Don't forget, you can find us on Facebook, uh, also Instagram, TikTok to watch back at some of the clips as well. We'll catch you next week. Enjoy the punting this afternoon. Gamble responsibly. You're listening to The Warm-Up with Warlow and Moons for Bet365. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. Chances are you're about to lose.